Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. In this week's edition of Insight, 2024 just seems all a bit washed out as news from the federal government flood inquiry continues to leak. As the flood inquiry continues for another week, our journalists have been busy little bees looking into stories about previous floods in the archives. If you know a better pun about historical flood data, I want to hear it. It's less flood and more general dampness. Marsh and their latest commercial rates index is out. It appears the market might be a little bit Goldilocks. Not too hard, not too soft, just spongy. And I wonder what I'm doing by trying to keep liquid references with the Catholic Church insurance and runoff. I've dug a hole for myself, there's no doubt, but I meant well. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by Deputy Editor Wendy Pugh, Senior Journalist Benice Han, Editor John Deeks, and Chairman Terry McMullen. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How does your dog survive a flood? <laughs> because he's a good boy. Tish, nicely done. Welcome, Benice. Hi, Andrew. Are you drowning in numbers from all the analysis? Uh, no, I think that's John. <laughs> Hello, Wendy. Morning, Andrew. Is the PTSD flooding back from hearing all of these puns? <laughs> no. <laughs> Bring them on. And hello, John. Hello. Has much really changed so far this year, John? From last year, you mean? Yes. <laughs> no. More of the same. <laughs> well, on that, Wendy, what's the latest from the floods inquiry? Is the end in sight for insurers? Well, we had um, RACQ and Alliance on Friday. Uh, then the next hearing is set for Wednesday next week, and the committee is scheduled to hear from some more major insurers in AFCA. Then on Friday next week, it's the turn of the reinsurers and the co-governments committee. We've still got quite a way to run with this. Um, but um, in you know in Friday's hearings, a lot of the same issues were covered again, such as you know the way cash settlements are handled, the the need for better and more empathetic empathetic communication with um, policyholders who are in, in a stressed state and, you know, highlighted those dilemmas with, you know, access to hydrologists and the reports and, you know, RACQ was saying we don't have to use hydrologists because we, we cover all water inundation, whereas if you separate flood uh, out as an option as Allianz does, then you've also got a lot of other messy issues. So, um, you know, this... Uh, there's there's a lot of things for it to cover, I guess. Well, John, our analysis week considered how the inquiry could make best use of its time. Yes, that's right. We focused on the exchange, which I think we mentioned before, between Andrew G and M an MP whose constituents were flooded, and uh, Andrew Hall, the CEO of the Insurance Council. Mr G was absolutely uh, determined to get Mr Hall to admit that he was embarrassed and ashamed by the evidence that was heard earlier in the uh, hearings and Mr. Hall tried to sort of delicately talk his way around it. Uh, I thought some of his answers were pretty good, but the, the point we're making in the analysis really is that there's only so much time you can spend berating insurance CEOs about what went wrong in 2022, that we know it was terrible and we're not, not for a minute underplaying the impact that uh, some of the failings had on claimants. It was terrible, but, the more important question, surely, rather than how embarrassed and ashamed are you, is what are we going to do about it to make this not happen next time? Because the climate being the way it is, we're going to have more events like this. And it, it's not just insurers who are, who are to blame. I don't think anyone who works for insur an insurance company is incompetent or uh, unpleasant individual. This has happened because the whole country was under massive pressure 
from the scale of the natural catastrophe. And, you know, it's got to be a collaborative effort to, to solve this. There are some important questions to answer. And this inquiry could use its time in, in, in getting, getting some progress on some of those key issues like, you know, how do we cope with disasters of this scale when there isn't the ability to scale up staffing? How do we deal with the massive uh, flood exposure problem that we have in this country? Um, these are the sorts of things we need to get to the, to the root of if we want to make sure that it isn't like this next time. Sounds like a good article. Maybe I'll even read it. Terry, are politicians missing the chance to tap into valuable industry experience? Yeah, I, I think this is like, you know, it's deja vu all over again. Every time we we come up with, with a flood, we come up with complication. It's just the nature of the thing. I, I think we've come a long way recently after years and years of politicians trying not to listen to the insurance industry. Nothing succeeds in getting attention better than charging the the technical rate with premiums, which the industry is getting better and better at reaching. We used to measure risk on what happened before, but I think climate change is forcing insurers to, to look forward rather than back for their risks. And I think technology is making that possible. Really, for politicians, it, it's simply a case of not playing silly games over insurance and focusing on finding allies they can work with to help solve the problems that, you know, they are generally responsible for. So I reckon it's time to start all over again, Andrew. I'm I'm a nihilist at heart. Not sure how I'm going to segue into the Marsh Commercial Index, uh, Rates Index is out. Benice, what are the key takeaways? I mean, there's a couple of key takeaways. I mean, first, rates continue to weaken or rather the pace of increases. So that's good news for insurers, you know, given the hard market that they have gone through the last few years. So um, for the December readings, uh, the March index is saying that rates were basically flat in uh, the December quarter. So and that's coming after a 1% rise in the third quarter and a 2% in the second, sorry. So for insurers, that's, that's really good news. Uh, March says insurers are in the driver's seat right now. And that's because there's more competition for business. Incumbents' appetite is getting better. They're putting in more capacity to write more business. And then we have got new entrants to the market like Markel. You know, they've added to the competition for business. So, and, and that's, that's really good. And there's more options. And when there's more options and more capacity, that leads to more favorable pricing. So, uh, this 2020, 2024 year, we were probably we seeing this trend where, you know, prices are really uh, weakening. Yeah. Well, Terry, as a nihilist, are we about to flip into a soft market? And what would that mean for brokers? Ah, okay. I don't think we're going to flip into a slip into a soft market the, the way that everybody might, you know, sort of, well, just don't crack the champagne yet. There, there are a few signs that the, the cycle is reaching the point where profitability is, is up and investment income is up. So it's usually six months to a year before we then plunge down the competition side of the insurance cycle where premium income gets eaten up by the need to compete for more customers. I'd love to say that insurers will be less adventurous than they have in the past when it comes to this point. 
that the cycle doesn't matter so much anymore, but, you know, we'll see. Certainly in the commoditized lines like house and motor, we'll see some action, I would think, in the next year, and but possibly not. It just depends on what climate change is going to do to it all. And we're also, we'll also see change in the better performing commercial classes. Whatever happens, it won't be across the board. I think the, the best way to sum it up is Rob Berkeley at WR uh, Berkeley Insurance always says, insurance is ruled by two emotions, fear and greed. Let's see if it holds this time around. Well, Catholic Church insurance is already in one runoff, Wendy, but the bad news keeps coming. Well, they announced they were going into runoff at the end of May last year. So at that time, they were close to the end of their financial year, but they hadn't released any preliminary figures or anything. So they've now filed the annual report and it does show things were going from bad to worse. They reported a loss of $274 million and their capital situation was deteriorating. So a capital ratio, which reflects the amount held relative to the minimum required by APRA, had fallen to 0.14 times, which was down from 1.61 a year earlier. CCI have um, said that, well, they said last year they had enough assets to pay out claims from existing policies um, as they go through that run out, runoff um, process. You know, the claims continue to come in and they've also had a, a, the federal court approve a scheme that can be triggered if, if the insurer risks becoming insolvent. Oh, well, that situation sounds as bad as my puns, but this story might take a few twists and turns yet, Terry. Yeah, well, to twist and turn a bit, I guess, Andrew, if the, the claims keep coming in um, and the money in reserve keeps running out. The whole operation's been closed down because of the number and extent of sexual abuse claims against clergy. So the, this, the scheme of arrangement they have, I think we'll, we'll see the capital being topped up by the Catholic Church if they do fall short. At present, CCI has an outstanding gross claims liability of, what, $1.25 billion, but it does admit to significant uncertainty around the level of future abuse claims. So, yes, I, I expect it, it's going to be a little bit touchy for a while there. Well, Bernice, our life section features an insurer that's determined to keep fighting an AFCA ruling. Yeah, that's right. So one that we've been tracking since uh, last year. So Resolution Life has decided to fight a federal court decision rejecting its appeal against an AFCA ruling. This, this is about a total and permanent disability or TPD claim that was made on a super health policy. So um, the insurer filed the appeal to the full court of the Australian federal court uh, early this month. So will Resolution Life succeed this time? I mean, it's a quite a complex but very interesting case. So AFCA had initially found, found in favour of uh, the insurer in March last year that the decision not to pay the TPT claim was actually fair and reasonable because the, the claimant had a bad condition that fell within the policy's uh, lumbar spine exclusion. But then the claimant raised a number of issues and then after decided, oh, the claimant had actually been deprived of a meaningful opportunity to have the exclusion reviewed. And that had a material effect, of effect on his claim. So and then so after the, the panel decided that you know, the insurer must make a gratuitous payment to the claimant and the payment as we understand is about 1.3 million. So we're going to watch this and see how it turns out. Yeah. Hmm. I thought AFCA rulings were binding on financial service firms, John. Yeah, I think generally speaking, they are. Um, obviously, the, the consumer doesn't have to accept uh, what AFCA rules and the consumer can take 
further court action if they wish, but the financial services firm has to accept AFCA's ruling, but apparently not in superannuation complaints where there's a question over uh, a point of law. So that's why Resolution Life was able to take the action that it has. Look, you could say that by doing this, they're kind of undermining the the Ombudsman scheme if they're not going to accept a ruling. And not only do they not accept the ruling, they do not accept a court judgment that backs up the ruling too. But Resolution Life would probably say, look, it's our entitlement to take this all the way. We believe we're right. And who knows, this case may have implications for, for, for other cases. Uh, so, um, you know, it may be crucial to them to get clarity on this point. But um, yeah, it's not good for the for the claimant, that's for sure, thinking he's he's got the payout. And then every time it's in his favour, the, the company uh, takes it to a, to a higher court. But um, yeah, look, we'll have to see where it ends up and resolution life might be vindicated in the, in the long run. Well, finally, Wendy, Suncorp is backing a new initiative to tackle the skill shortage in the motor repair industry. Well, yes, they've entered a two-year sponsorship deal with the Australian Collision Industry Alliance, which was formed last year. So the alliance brings together all parts of the crash repair industry to focus on um, finding and funding and driving programs to um, to get new people on board and address those uh, skill shortages. And, you know, that's been an issue that's really escalated since COVID um, and, the, and the border closures. Is this a no-brainer for Suncorp, Terry, given the importance of efficient car repairs to insurers? Yeah, I reckon. Cars have become incredibly complex things over the past 10 years, and the car repair insure, uh, industry really hasn't called, uh, kept up with it. So they're facing this huge dilemma where cars are more complex and they don't have the ability to understand how to fix them. I think one of the things that I, I was reading recently is that the average Mercedes now has 50 sensors in it, all of them connected to different things and in different ways. And repairers find it almost impossible. There's a very low level of knowledge that has to be raised really quite quickly because repairing modern vehicles is doing everyone's heads in. So I I think the rising cost of repairs uh, as a result is a huge issue for motor insurers and it's obviously in their interest to support any initiative that will raise the competency of, of crash repairers. I should make the point that this is a global problem, by the way. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight Podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Wendy Pugh, John Deeks, Bernice Han and Terry McMullen. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google and all your favourite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.